0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Reporter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Medin, and today to talk to us about the potential committee, uh, will vet RIT purchases article on the reporter. Uh, I'm joined by Evan Zachary. Good morning. Evan, what is, what is your role at RIT? So uh, I'm a
1: undergrad student in the Environmental Sustainability Health and Safety Program, and I'm also the chair of RIT
0: Student Government's Sustainability Committee. Great. And also, Taylor Gothi.
2: Um, Hello. I'm Taylor Goethe. I'm the views for Reporter.
0: Cool. So uh, for those of you tuning in who aren't really sure what this article is about, um, it pretty much covers Evan's idea to create a new committee um, through student government that will help advise um, RIT on purchasing. Um, so Evan, can you give me a brief overview of what responsibilities you'd like this committee to hold? Sure. So I'm going
1: to make sure that we sort of start off with drawing a distinction between uh, purchasing and the endowment. Uh, at RAT, so purchasing is lives with procurement. It's what types of uh, equipment and supplies that we buy for the university. The endowments a little bit different. the The purpose of an endowment is to provide the school with sort of a financial safety net. So uh, it's it's called in, like inflation adjusted yield over time. So a a donor would make a donation of let's say a million dollars to the school, and then RAT would invest that money in mutual funds or in specific companies so that it sort of becomes more financially stable. This committee in particular looks at
0: endowments rather than purchases. So. so the idea would be that you try to review where endowment money goes in order to make sure that it's it's a more sustainable choice.
1: Right. And the idea is that we want to ensure that um, some of the language that's already in RAT's investment policy is being kept with in terms of uh, the companies that we invest our money in aligning with the mission of the school as one of you know five schools in the country with a PhD in sustainability and a commitment to be carbon neutral by 2030 uh, conducting ourselves in a way that is sustainable both environmentally and socially as well as economically is, is a part of IT's mission and so uh, it's it's important to ensure that the way we manage our endowment reflects that
0: So I get that the committee is a review committee, so you're you're Mm -hmm. not quite there yet. But I'm curious if either of you guys know how we're doing so far, like right now on sustainability.
2: Um, I actually um, spoke to um, the writer of this article and how he felt SG and some of the admin were responding to it. They're supportive, but somewhat hesitant. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to have a committee that is solely dedicated to checking and holding accountability to RIT's investments. So even though it sounds good on paper, a lot of people don't want to give students or faculty the authority to check where they're investing.
1: Right. As a private institution, um, RIT has no obligation to disclose its holdings. There's, there's no you know, precedent for that. We're not a public school, and we aren't legally obligated to do so. However, uh, there's a couple. There's sort of a myriad of benefits to establishing a committee like this. Financial transparency is something that gets evaluated in how schools are ranked and some sustainability, uh, like, sort of like listings for higher education. And it also provides a platform for diversity of perspective in like assessing social and environmental risk um, that could arise in the management of our endowment. As well as you know, with two student seats on this, this is just another way for students to enrich themselves at RIT. It's another space for them to come in and get experience and have something that they can say that they did or were a part of when they were here.
2: One thing I found very interesting when I first learned about this topic wasn't just of the sustainability aspect with environmental issues, but how sustainability works with social issues, such as with sweatshops shops and indentured servitude. We right. don't want to invest in companies right. that also take advantage of people or go in war-torn countries mm-hmm. for a profit.
1: Yeah, and there's one of the cooler things that SG managed to do last year was to pass a resolution uh, establishing or advocating for a conflict-free procurement policy. Um, Enoch Negreze and Kevin Kane, who was the chair of the committee at the time, pushed this resolution through, and it dealt with our purchasing of four particular types of metals that are typically sourced from Central Africa, and the purchasing of those metals can oftentimes fund the perpetrators of conflicts. So it's in... That's, that's part of the precedent uh, for going a little bit farther to also evaluate you know, these social and environmental issues and um, where, what we do with the money that we invest. Uh,
0: so, I wonder, Evan, what is, what is your goal for the scope of this committee? Do you, do you see it overviewing all you know, potential investments or just kind of slowly working through a backlog? So that's
1: one of the biggest challenges to this committee. Effectively managing the scope is a challenge because the whole purpose of an investment portfolio is that it be as diversified as possible so that it's insulated against risk. So something that um, the senior vice president of finance and administration, uh, Dr. James Waters, pointed out to me whenever I met with him was that if this committee intends to go through our portfolio on a company by company basis, it'll be dead before it starts. Which is true. Our investment portfolio, though I haven't seen it myself, and most students and most staff and faculty also don't see it, is likely tremendously diverse. So there are a couple pieces. One hope is that the student body and the staff and faculty body uh, at RIT will help this committee identify its scope. Um, And part of what we have structured into the resolution is a town hall once a year um, at which the the university community can come in and say, "Hey, I'm worried about this. Do, you know, this could be labor practices mm-hmm. in, say, a sweatshop. This could be, um, you know, the suppression of information regarding like greenhouse gas contributions from a company's operations. Are we invested in that? Can we look into that? And that, in turn, the committee would take that feedback, internalize it, correspond with the endowment committee to the board of trustees, um, and work to." sort of make recommendations about how we should invest or reinvest um, in those areas and how we should interact with those mutual funds. A disclaimer I think I probably should have given a little earlier was that I uh, don't know the most about finance. You know, I study environmental health and safety, things like industrial hygiene, things like air emissions and wastewater. Um, however, I am able to just look at our peer institutions and see this as a best practice and to, course, and to sort of talk with other members of the university who know a lot more about this than I do and advocate for something that, you know, sounds like a good idea.
2: Um, one of the things um, I find interesting is since we are a private institution, we have, like, more leeway in some of the things <clears throat> that we invest in. So, Evan, would you mind explain, like, some of the benefits RET would have in investing in these other companies?
1: Sure. Um, the world or sort of the space that I care the most about or know the most about is that of, you know, particularly the environmental aspect of sustainability. And so what initially drew me to this was seeing the fossil fuel divestment movement kick up on campuses around the country. And while several of the staff members that I met with uh, at RIT encouraged me to pursue more of a sort of diversified and dynamic approach, not to that particular initiative, but just to the management of our endowment, I think that one particular area that would be worth looking at, especially with you know, some of the clean like energy tech labs that we have here on campus, would be um, how can we use our finances to pressure the shift from a carbon-intensive energy system to a less carbon-intensive energy system of you know, production and distribution and um, things like linear consumption, the production of waste, I think we can play a role in. You know, RIT is a large institution. And we should have a platform for wielding those finances as best we can.
2: Definitely. Uh,
0: Yeah, I know that historically um, university divestment is a powerful tool, um, but I wonder how successful you see this committee being. I know that you base it off of a uh, a similar idea in, I believe, Columbia University. That's correct. Um, So can you talk a little bit about how successful that committee has been?
1: Yeah. So... um I would have liked to have had more of an opportunity up to this point to talk to the folks at Columbia um, about how their committee has been going. But one of the coolest things about their committee is that they're so thorough about um, what they publish on their website and the information that they make available about how they operate and what their purpose is that just from visiting their school's landing page, I'm able to learn a lot about their committee. And if you just sit down and Google uh, Columbia socially responsible investing, it'll take you right to the landing page and you can learn about how it is they do what they do. A lot of the language about how they manage their scope and how they staff their committee is right there on their website. And it's really served as
0: a a good charter for me, sort of looking forward. Um, So I wonder, how how do you measure success in this sort of field? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Um,
1: How do I measure success in this sort of field? I think that um, for me, success would look like these town halls happening and there being a platform for students, staff, and faculty to make their concerns known, and that, uh, you know, when and if this committee puts out an annual report either independently or consolidated with another report, that the concerns that are identified by the university line up with the recommendations that were made by this committee. To me, that's just ensuring that we're considering diverse perspectives um, in terms of how the university conducts itself. You know, it, And at the end of the day, it is just an advisory committee. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have the ability and wouldn't have the ability to actually reallocate any of our investments. However, um, as I've been told at many other schools, this committee, once established, sort of does act as the authority on these matters, and its, inv- it's, uh, it's advice is typically taken quite seriously and acted upon.
2: I know when we were talking yesterday and going over your um, proposal that one of your biggest concerns was giving this teeth because even if um, other schools may take their social responsible investment committee seriously, there is no guarantee. There is no um Way we can force them to divest in fossil fuels or in other problematic businesses. It's really just advisory. So, are you concerned that even if this committee is established, that maybe no, no change will be done?
1: Um, that's definitely a concern of mine. And I think that even if we are, for example, you know, while I, with my not student government, not R A T sustainability hat on, me as a person, might see merit to the fossil fuel divestment movement. Something that I recognize is that um, shareholder activism and and sort of shareholder, like active shareholder management has as much of a role to play as divestment sort of cold turkey. So if we stay at the table, let's say with a fossil fuel company, we retain our ability to vote on shareholder resolutions and in doing so can Try to steer energy companies in a more sustainable direction, and to sort of flex what financial muscle we do have at that table. Um, And so, could you? There were two parts to your question. Could you remind me of what the other one was?
2: Um, The first were um, about giving the proposal teeth. Sure. And the second would be um, concerns that um, the endowment committee will not follow recommendations.
1: Yeah, Um, I hope to strike a balance as best I can with the language in this resolution of. Um, having this committee be written and structured in a way that is effective and balancing that with its likelihood that it'll actually come to exist. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a tightrope to walk because I don't want the language in the resolution to be so aggressive that when it lands on the tables of Academic Senate or Staff Council Mm -hmm. and ultimately in front of, um, you know, the Board of Trustees that they say, whoa, 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 never mind, and that we blow that shot. Um, That being said, if it doesn't have the ability to actually do what it says it will do, then it's done nothing but waste people's time. And so um, it is a tightrope. It's something I continue to think about as I craft the language, even when I spoke with you. Um, you know, doing things like specifying timelines, mm-hmm. doing things like having explicit language that ensures that complete information is provided to this committee mm-hmm. so that it can make educated recommendations um, are all sort of aspects of maybe not so pointy teeth, but teeth nonetheless <laughs> uh, that that it's able to chew on these issues with.
2: Yeah. One thing I really appreciated about your proposal is how you want to create a working relationship with the endowment committee, Mm -hmm. particularly with they can ask you for recommendations and advice, as in you just nagging them every night and day, check this, check that, check that, but they can work with you and collaborate on issues that they may be concerned with or not totally sure of.
1: Right, and the hope is that, you know, these two committees, um, so if you start at the board of trustees, it has an endowment committee as it's a committee to the Board of Trustees. And this would be a subcommittee to the endowment committee of the Board of Trustees. Um, And ideally, you know, it would be a two-way street of communication. Um, If the endowment committee was evaluating a new mutual fund, it would first consult with, or as part of that process, consult with uh, the Socially Responsible Investment Advisory Committee before proceeding, or in turn, um, if if a concern is identified at a town hall, you know the socially responsible investment advisory committee. It never becomes less of a mouthful. Could then turn around to the endowment committee and uh, ask them for information on a particular issue.
0: Okay, so I we're running out of time, but I have one last question for you. Sure. Do you have any idea if if you can get this to to happen when it might be happening?
1: Um, it's hmm. a good question. Uh, hopefully sooner than later. This is my last semester as a full time student, so I'm definitely pressed for time in that sense. Uh, however. One, you know, aspect of stability that student government has established for itself is the committee, the sort of, or rather the committee system. And so um, the thing that I like so much about that is it creates a space for the development of other students to lead. Um, there are about nine students that sit on student government sustainability committee. They're all tasked with different projects. Some of them are really stepping up and interviewing to take on more of a leadership role in that. And I have full faith in them that they'll be able to carry this to fruition, whether it happens this year or next year. I do think we'll see it um, here in the next year or two. All
0: right, that's great. Maybe, uh, maybe we can have you back when it's finally established. I hope so. So that's it for this episode of The Reporter Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media to see when this article hits the stands or goes up online. Uh, online, it'll be at reporter.rit.edu. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at ReporterMag, and ReporterMag on Snapchat. And also, by the way, make sure to call Ring sometime. Rings is really cool. You, you just call in, and you can share any thoughts you might have, and you might get into the magazine. Um, soap, the phone number for that is 585-672-4840. Don't be afraid to be a little weird.